we are seeing some very concerning trends with the New York Knicks. Even though they've been winning some games, some of the things they've been doing when fully healthy, when their full roster is playing, has been concerning. The three-point defense, concerning. The utilization of Mitchell Robinson, concerning. And the concerning start again for Quentin Grimes, who just does not look like he fits with the starters. We're going to break down all of this and so much more today. So be sure you're subscribed to the channel and have notifications turned on so you don't miss a second of the new content. And now, let's get started. The New York Knicks are starting to display some very extremely concerning trends. Now, last night's Timberwolves game was not the only game I'm talking about. You can go back to the Boston game. It's the way that the New York Knicks respond to these top-tier teams or these elite teams, especially coming out of halftime. You saw it. The New York Knicks, even though they weren't playing great basketball last night, they still came toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Timberwolves until the third quarter where the Wolves shot us out of the game. And then if you go back to the Boston game in that third quarter, the exact same thing happened. The New York Knicks could just not respond and keep the same intensity and the same pressure. And because of that, we faltered and we fell in that game. But that was not the only reason why. It wasn't our failure to respond in the third quarter. Because if you look during the winning streak, when we were winning games, we were actually dominating in the third quarter. But it seems like against these top tier teams, we just can't keep that same pressure and we fall and falter. Another main issue, and we have to say it and we have to call it. And I'm sorry to all the Quentin Grimes fans out there. And I'm a fan of the kid as well too. But as a fan, I can clearly say, he does not fit with these starters. He is passive. He is not aggressive. And he doesn't do the things that you need him to do. And the crazy part is, when he's not playing with the starters, he plays more aggressive. He does pass the ball more. He does cut more. He moves without the ball more. The things you want to see him do with the starters, he does when he plays without the starters. That tells me he needs to be benched and we need to start Dante DiVincenzo. And if you want to kill me for this take, please go ahead. But in my opinion, if the Knicks had started Dante DiVincenzo in place of Quentin Grimes last night, the Knicks would have won the game. Because DiVincenzo moves without the ball, he helps complement these starters better. His chemistry with Jalen Brunson, our starting point guard, is better. He cuts and moves better. Jalen is more comfortable and confident. Passing Dante, more no-look passes. Because he trusts where he's going to go, he knows him and he understands his game. As a head coach, you have to see these things. You have to notice these things about your roster and you have to make the adjustment. I hope in time that Tom Thibodeau will make the adjustment to Dante starting and Grimes coming off the bench because we cannot deny what our eyes are telling us. Grimes does not do well with this starting unit. He has never done well in my opinion with this starting unit. Collectively, if you look at Quentin Grimes and the games that he's played for the Knicks, as a starter, he just doesn't hit the mark in terms of the impact that you need. Defensively, sure, he's always there, but you need more than that. It cannot be three on five basketball on the offensive side of the ball each and every possession. Because another issue is that the New York Knicks do not utilize Mitchell Robinson enough, not enough as a lob threat. And that trend is concerning, guys.
And take a look at this. Even though the Wolves blew out the Knicks because of that great third quarter that they had, we have to note here, Robinson had 10 and 11, seven offensive rebounds, but 10 points. So he got a double-double. But here's the thing. His double-double came regardless of anybody passing to him. He was just in the paint, grabbing rebounds, doing put-back dunks, and one great move if you're watching the game. He went off the dribble, took Gobert off the dribble, ran through the lane, surprised everybody, and jammed it down. What a great move from Robinson, exploring that bag and showing you and telling you, I'm not just a lob threat, even though you don't use me for a lob threat, and I'm not just a put-back dunker. I can do more with my game. He's showing his game to the entire Knicks coaching staff and a lot of the Knicks players. And I'm telling you, as a fan, I love to see Robinson going into his bag and doing some of the things that he claims he can do. Because he said he can do this a lot. And now we're seeing it. Especially against a force in Gobert, who was shocked at the fact that Robinson could do that. But here's the thing. The Knicks do not utilize Mitchell Robinson enough as a lob threat. And that hurts the Knicks on the offensive side. Because everybody knows then on the defensive side that they only have to target four players. That means people can leave Mitchell Robinson because he's not really a threat unless you already shot the ball and you're trying to box him out to get a rebound. That's the only time you have to worry about Robinson. And if that's the case, the Knicks are at a disadvantage. You have to utilize Mitchell Robinson. Run more pick and roll for him. Throw lobs to him. Make defenses want to collapse on him and take him seriously. Take him as a threat because if you do that, especially if you're a guard in Jalen Brunson or Emmanuel quickly, it's going to open up the paint and then it's going to open up your game, make you be better, make you be more efficient because defenders are going to have to choose. Do I want to worry about Jalen Brunson or Emmanuel quickly shooting it over me or do I want to worry about that lob threat in Mitchell Robinson who might dunk it on my head? You give them options and you give them options to worry about and you make the defenses think they're going to have a problem. The Knicks, unfortunately, don't make the defense think enough on that side of the ball. And if they did, they would have a better shot with this starting unit because they would have more impact with this starting unit. You have to be able to maximize who's playing with you to the fullest extent. And if you can't do that with the players on the floor, then you have to make adjustments. And that goes to one of my other concerns. Adjustments, Thibs. You're playing a two-big-man lineup in Minnesota why not run a two big man lineup yourself, Isaiah and Mitch? So that way you have somebody who can better control Cat outside the perimeter on the three and you have Mitchell Robinson inside to handle Gobert. So Mitchell Robinson doesn't have to keep continuing to help with Cat when he tries to go into the paint. That's smart basketball if you can be able to do that. Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein can play well together. We've seen it before in stretches. So Tom Thibodeau should have ran that, but he didn't. He kept Julius Randle on cat. And then we saw what Carl Anthony Towns did. He was shooting three after three after three because Randle cannot guard cat out there. We know that. Randle's not a top tier defender anyways. So thinking he can handle cat, especially at the perimeter at the three point line, honestly is foolish. It shouldn't have happened. Tom Thibodeau needs to do better as the Knicks head coach. But another thing that killed this Knicks team last night was our three point shooting. During the games we were winning consecutively, look what we were shooting, 45%, 42%, and then last night, they shot 23.7% from three. Of course, if you're shooting that poorly from three, you're going to lose a game. 
if you're not shooting effectively or consistently good shots, then obviously you're going to lose the game. And the Knicks at times are forcing shots from three. Grimes forcing shots from three. Randall forcing shots from three. Even Jalen Brunson at times forcing shots from three because somebody was trying to get something going because the Knicks offensively had nothing going for stretches. To open that third quarter, they could not score a basket. They were outscored consecutively by this Timberwolves team and they left them in the dust in that third quarter. That's where the game fell. If you want to know where the Knicks lost this game, go back to the third and watch it because that's where the Knicks lost. They allowed too many points, especially three-point shooting, and that is the final concern here. Not only can we not shoot the three ball well, it seems like against good defenses like the Timberwolves, but also it seems like that we can't protect the three-point line any better. Because we were allowing the Timberwolves to shoot that three-point shot with minimal or little resistance. It was like practice. And that has been a concern not only against the Wolves. It was a concern against Boston. It was a concern against the Spurs. It was a concern against the Clippers. Why are we leaving these shooters that can shoot the ball well from three open, sometimes not even running toward them so they can get a clean, clear open shot? How does that make sense? I get that the Knicks are one of the better paint defensive teams, but I would think that the Knicks are one of the worst three-point defending teams, and it's clear to show it. You cannot allow teams to get clear and open shots from three, and even though the Timberwolves didn't shoot the three ball necessarily well, a lot of the threes that they shot were open. They had clear space, and they were utilizing it. A lot of the threes the Knicks shot, they had defenders on them. And not only that, guys, the Timberwolves actually lost Jaden McDaniels early in that game, and they still blew us out. So one of their best young defenders, they lost him, and they still blew us out. The Knicks had that game close until that third quarter of doom. When that came about, the Knicks lost that game handily, completely. There is no the refs did this or the Knicks didn't do that. No, the Knicks were handled in that third quarter and we could never respond from it. And their bench, because we think we have a good bench, a deep bench, their bench destroyed the Knicks bench, took it to us. They showed you why they're one of the best teams in the NBA and the top team in the West. We have to remember that this isn't the same Timberwolves team as last year or the year before. This Wolves team this year is serious and they're a legit threat in that West. So we have to remember who we're playing. So we have to give them credit and kudos to what they did to this Knicks team. Both of these teams are very, very elite defensive teams. But last night, the Wolves defense was just a little bit better than the Knicks defense and that put them over the edge, took the game away from us and they won. We have to give them credit for that. But we have to still be concerned about the things that we're mentioning here. Grimes, he needs to go to the bench. Mitchell Robinson, he needs to be more involved. The three-point defense, it has to be better. We at least have to throw people running at a three-point shooter so there's some resistance. There cannot be no resistance from three. And also, Tom Thibodeau, the adjustments. I need more adjustments in game from Tom Thibodeau. It cannot be system play where you're just switching one player out and one player in because the minutes have just hit a certain point and now you have to switch them. You have to make the basketball decisions when you're the coach. 
If you have a hot hand, write it. If a player's not doing well, pull him. And if you have two bigs in Cat and Gobert on the floor, respond with your own two bigs on the floor. Make it easier for your team. That's what you need to do. I was very concerned because the stuff that I saw last night has been a trend for the Knicks, in my opinion, for the entire season. But what about you guys? What did you think about this loss to the Timberwolves last night? Are you just as concerned with the trends that I'm seeing? Let me know in the comments below, guys, because honestly, I would love to hear from you. Now, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go ahead and smash that like button. Leave a comment below. And of course, guys, please subscribe to the channel. Oh, and by the way, if you like this hat, you can also purchase this hat in the Knicks Recap Spreadshop store. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for watching. I've been Troy. I'm out of here. And again, guys, thank you so much. Peace. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.